Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D., And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. All right, guys, welcome back. Yo, yo. Episode four. Episode four here, baby. Man, this is going quick. Moving right along. Right along. Uh, This is part one of a two-part series. Uh, Due to the length, there's a lot of information here. Um, So we're going to go through uh, three ages for you. Yes, this first part's going to be the first, uh, you know, dating back the first three ages, which we're going to go through. Um, and then in the second part, we'll we'll go over um, more of the more recent ages that we're kind of uh, that we've seen and are going through. Right. So um, to give you a quick summary, we're going to go through uh, the age of Leo, the age of Cancer, and the age of Gemini, and talk about human consciousness and uh, civilization and its developments. And we will continue uh, with a second one um, right after. So. Last episode, we talked about just, you know, correlations of the belief systems and characters and stories and how they all came together and had this weird, um, you know, it was a coincidence of all of them having similarities. And having like that synchronization with even some astronomical things. Yeah, the association was heavy. You know, we tend to kind of want to unite all these sciences and all these religions and stuff like that, you know, and condense them into some form and a lot of gods having similar names, numbers, repeating story characteristics, repeating. Um, now we want to go into the more grand story of these things and talk about the ages and how periods of time and long periods of time had these certain, um, you know, growth factors and certain themes going on and how that was represented, um, you know, through the symbolism of the age. Yes, Exactly. So we we gave you a little bit about, you know, the actual archetypes and, you know, the symbolism with, the, uh, you know, the astrological archetypes, uh, even with the disciples and everything. So now we're going to f- further digress like the actual archetypes themselves um, and how they're kind of represented as, you know, these periods of time um, on so many different scales of time and cosmic clocks um, and, you know, what. What kind of energy is being brought in during those times? What kind of patterns are we seeing? Um, You know, how is consciousness evolving? And, you know, what what is the manifestation of these ages and their expressionism? And then how they're recorded throughout history. And like you said, the, the symbology of it, too. Yeah, yeah. And that's but that's what's giving us the ability to know where we're at on this cosmic clock. We're actually able to, to, it's like, I've said this before, you know, you look at the clock, it's 5 PM shit. It's going to be rush hour. I got to get on the road. There's going to be traffic here and it's, the sun's going to be at a certain uh, part of the, of the sky. And there's going to be this representation and due to this repetitive thing that we look at, which is the clock and what goes on in those similar themes. And the universe has this grand clock and there's a way to look at what month it is in the universe, what season it is in the universe. And then What's amazing and why we're so blessed with this science is by looking at the archetypes of it, you're going to get this grand understanding of where we're at. 
what time is it in the universe? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and how all these sciences, philosophies, mathematics, schools of thought, how they can all be syncretized in one harmonious teaching. This is the why factor. Like you're going to understand why we're here today, where we're at and where we're at in the evolution of things and consciousness. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, knowing this knowledge and, you know, these patterns allow us to acknowledge the patterns in our society and um, historical events and even our own lives and to reflect on what is in harmony and what may not be in harmony. Yes. It, it brings an awareness to the forefront of consciousness that um, it, it, it enables us to adapt and thrive in the reality we're experiencing. Uh, so this foundational information does give us a deeper understanding of the concepts of the divine design. And uh, we see all that throughout our universe, nature, and even our microcosm. Yeah, I mean, due to the, you know solar based charts of every year of what your horoscope is and your birthday and your sun sign, you know, and, and that even has its own seasons. And, you know, you were born in a certain sign and that gives you certain characteristics and you look at a chart and you could really see what's going on. So, and so this is like the chart of the universe in a sense, you know, in a kind of way to put it. So, and, and right now, now we're going to travel through the ages. We're going to give you kind of a breakdown of when, as humans were evolving and what age we were going through, um, through the discovery of the procession of the equinoxes, which is kind of the ability to see what sign is on the vernal equinox or spring equinox telling us what age we're in and what characteristics and what things we're going to, the things we're going to probably experience through events and through just our actions and all that other stuff too. So, and before we go into, you know, we're going to go down the timeline, we're going to explain real quickly and briefly, and we'll probably come back to it at the end of the episode, but how we're in the age of Aquarius and how this was being sung about in the 70s. Exactly. And then and then we'll in uh in our next episode we'll actually break that down even further to our current and uh moving forward. Um but before we do that and we before we go into this, I'm just I want to ask you the listener to engage in a simple thought experiment. So, when you're intaking this information, um take it as if in the perspective of an ant and that you're that ant and you walked out onto a stage during a Broadway show. Uh, it looks as though, you know, as you're an ant, you don't really understand anything. And it looks as though there's like this chaotic series of events being displayed and unfolding. You don't know the language or what's going on. There's dramatic sounds, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, you don't really understand it. And it seems like a chaotic thing going on. Uh, but if you understood it, you would understand that there's certain actors uh, playing in there's certain sounds and you start to understand the sounds and the, the, the events that are, are happening and you see it all being played out when you have that understanding and it doesn't seem so chaotic. Yeah, like anymore. the world, like the world's a stage. Yes, exactly. Know? So when you're looking at that perspective, that's literally where we're coming from is that we are on the world stage and there's all these cosmic crazy things happening above us, you know, in our reality, you know, other places in in the universe and all this stuff and it doesn't really seem to make sense to us sometimes um and but we do have this reality that we live in though and there is a constant change and evolution of all things um and even our minds so that's kind of perspective i want you to take as we're going into this right and i'm i'm going to i'm going to tell everybody right now that this goes on even in your body like, for example, like we're talking about how, oh, the whole universe is uh, is connected in some sort and um, what's going on all around in the universe right now tends to be this themed, uh, it has it has this certain rhythm and this certain theme going on and this happens in your body. For example, if you have some sort of a sickness or your body's in a certain state, your cell will actually send out vibrations and from the cell, the vibrations are actually the type of communication the cells having with other cells to actually let them all know that, Hey, this is the page we're on. We need to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. So as above, so below macrocosm, microcosm, uh, as the universe does, so does our body as the body does. So does the universe. So it all works in some sort of synchronistic way. And, uh, you know, that's, that is a certain, um, uh, that's a certain function we could we could eventually discuss about the human body and how it does yeah. that, and then it would kind of come in, into mm-hmm. ties with with um, what we're talking about here. Yeah, but understanding these uh, core um, 
concepts and origins, uh, which is pretty much the the basis of this series. Um, you know, it allow you when we when we get to that point to really really understand, really really connect to it to be able to be like, oh, like like science. Yeah, like holy crap! Like this is like scientific. This this connects with this. But I thought this didn't involve wasn't something that you would put together. Oh. It's all one big web and it's all connected. I mean, don't you think it's pretty amazing that I could, you know, dial your phone number and see your face pop up on my screen? Like, we really don't think about that, you know? We also don't think about how we could walk into a certain vicinity of an area and all of a sudden I'm connected to the internet. Like, oh, you could just say, oh, well, it's getting a signal yeah. from there's the towers. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, there's towers, you know? And there's, uh, you know, there's these things coming off. Yeah, well, we would call it vibrations hmm. and that there's actual information in those vibrations. Yeah. So let's consider each planet kind of like a Wi-Fi signal. Exactly. Like there's certain algorithms going on in the ether that can't really, you know, it's 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 really when you look at it, it's like magic. Yeah, I, well, it is magic. We, we can just, explain certain things with science, you know, and stuff. But, um, you know, when it comes to where we get that data from, you got to think about it, a lot of it is dated back to our discovery of other frequencies and vibrations, whether, you know, here on Earth or even with the cosmic, <laughs> the cosmic environment that's yeah. outside of us. Yeah. And I think we get so hypnotized by words yeah. like like it's like, oh, it's just that. Like, first of all, you're saying you're just muttering this noise at me. And we tend to have a bunch of other of those little noises describing that noise. And it, of course, they interpret thoughts and all that. But, you know. Like when you really break down like, oh, it's just Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just light. Like let's really – let's for a second, folks, take it real deep and think about the actual existence of that stuff yeah. and how it's amazing. Yeah. It's magic. Go go as deep as you can into as much as we know. Like you may think it's just a simple thing like, oh, like turning on a flashlight and the light moving through through the air – and ending up on another object or illuminating something and stuff. But when you even go down and break the in, in, down to science as far into it as you could go, there comes to be this real miraculous thing that's occurring that can only be explained so far. And, uh, you know, you see how how we're going to tie it in, how it relates to all these ancient uh, uh, all this ancient information that was given, but has been so wishwashed and ran through in yeah, so many different types of ways. Daily horoscopes yeah. and shit ruin this, exactly. you know. And, and it's because people look looked at astrology and stuff like that, and and all the occult sciences is like um, fortune tellers, you know. Ooh, we're gonna predict the future. It's like, well, no. It's kind of like you know, I could go out at five o'clock to go to rush hour, but not hit traffic. There's a chance that yeah. because it says something on the clock that it doesn't happen, I would actually say astrology is like the uh, science of probabilities, mm -hmm. you know? And when it comes to the ages, they're a little more prominent. Like you're going to really see how, you know, with throughout every age, which lasts about 2,160 years uh, of a time, like there's a great year. And this is completed with like 20 and 25,000. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think it's the amount um, of feet in a in a mile, uh -huh. like 25,000, whatever in a mile, yeah. like feet, it's the same number of how many oh, years really? it is for a great year. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I just remembered that. Holy like, crap. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so like there, that net it's all it's because we're talking about cycles and patterns. It's all clocks inside of clocks yeah. inside of clocks, mm -hmm. you know, and you just got to think of that on, on a grander scale of, you know, our solar system, the universe, and outside of that, and outside of that. Yeah, within a day, you have seconds, minutes, yeah. hours, and then within, you know, months, you got days yeah. and whatever. So, and like, as think you go about up, that, yeah. but connect it to now the cosmic cycles. Yeah, and the cosmic and, clock. And think of it that way. Yeah, it's actually called an epoch. An epoch. Epoch. So, we're, so since we're talking about the ages, um, what is... They're also often known as the Great Ages. And what that is, is is history unfolds in a certain way of being like broad chapters that are roughly, you know, there's so many, there's, there's not an exact pinpoint of, you know, exactly how many years in our years, how many years that is. But it's always around 2100. Some people say 2016. 
years. Yeah, it's, it varies. Some say 2,160. So it's in that 2,100-year range uh, each for the ages. And as they unfold, certain dynamics start to play out. So, right, you want to explain to us a little bit how that's viewed and how that works? That whole, you know, you know, seeing how we know what those ages are that we're in, how we're calculating that? Right, right. Well, so very simply put, if I'm standing on the equator of the Earth and on March 21st, which we call the vernal equinox or springtime, we tend to have if you're if you're on the equal part of the earth we tend to know what sign we're in due to the sign that's on the uh, when the sun's rising yeah the fixed constellation yes mm-hmm. so standing on the equator it's march 21st i'm looking at the uh the, the sun rising yeah. and what's the sign that's behind the sun or where it's rising in and that's how you know what age we're in now how that's created another episode that's the description of that yeah it's but this is how it's decided this is part of the science this is what we know yeah so for the past 2000 years since around 4 bc say around that time pisces mm-hmm. was at yes the, the on march 21st you looked up boom you saw pisces exactly mm. and that's the thing just so you know the the pattern of the movement too like it goes backwards it moves backwards because of the wobble and the rotation of the earth uh, the wobble and rotation of the Earth is what makes that 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 uh, perspective of it going backwards. Uh, so, with that, uh, there is a lot of astrologers that would say and believe that it has a you know it has it's associated with world worldly affairs. You know these certain ages and these patterns, uh, while um, astronomers and I don't want to say all astronomers, but most astronomers and even some astrologers uh, don't really agree with that. Um, but planetary cycles are more seen uh, as significant. But when like, looking into a period of time, like I said, I was like, you aren't going to look at at individual planets necessarily. You would look at more of the world stage and the sun and our movement through the universe. Uh, you know, you can't just, you know, yeah, you could pinpoint through one celestial body and stuff like that, certain things, but you're, you're not, well, those are the, yourself, yeah, yeah, those are the, but those are the miniature clocks. Like exactly. you have to look at what time it is before what minute yeah. it is. You want to look like, at the before, big, big clock before the time of day. We're looking at the month, yeah. you know, you got to know what month it is before, you mm-hmm. know, I mean like any day on a Thursday in the middle of December might be different from a Thursday mm-hmm. in the middle of, of June. So. Yeah. So, um, so we're looking at these like bigger months, yeah. you know, these bigger travelings and these ages give this bitter, bigger and broader description of what's going on in the evolution of mankind and in the evolution of consciousness and where our awareness is at. Exactly. So you see the iconographic shift um, even in ancient Egyptian culture, uh, such as from – this is just an example – from bull symbolism to ram symbolism and in the synchronization with the times of the ages – uh, so the thing is, um, also like you can't, like I said, you can't pinpoint an exact amount of years. There is a cusp in between these ages that kind of, you know, the, the fading age still plays a role with the introduction of the new age. And it's, it's a long time in our, in our concept of time. So it's the same way as like the ages are like the, uh, like the tides, you know, we know, around when you know the tide may rise and when the waves are going to come in but you can't really pinpoint necessarily the specific minute or the specific hour and stuff you kind of maybe just have like a certain like couple days time frame right. that's the same right. way the ages work right right or i mean mm-hmm. even say like the weather like yeah. you know you're you, you there's going to be a big storm we don't technically know what time it's coming. This hurricane can hit at this certain time or this, you know, nature and, and all of this stuff really, can, you can't, there is an imperfection to its perfection. Yes. So you can't really truly pinpoint it. Same thing when it goes to astrology readings and charts, like it's not about like, oh, you know, it's, it's Tuesday the 5th and Virgo's in my ass. So I'm going yeah. <laughs> to, I'm going to get a bunch of money today, you know? So I, I definitely would take into consideration anytime this site, if like, if you want a specific answer, go to a fortune teller and just go get yourself disappointed because that it's kind of, 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Unless you're, you're doing black magic or some shit like yeah. that, you know, you're probably not getting what you want. <laughs> it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother <laughs> realm of, uh, yeah. Uh, of shit right right but but point being though is so now what he's saying is so you you know you're trying to predict where the wave's gonna to crash and it's you can't predict it so same thing with these ages you kind of just have a you know this general idea of when these things are going to take change so when we go back and pass and like at the past and we kind of talk about what happened to the egyptians and and before that with babylonians and all that and 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 the evolution of all that stuff like even even the gods that were worshipped mm-hmm. and stuff like that well i mean it's around these times you're yeah. going to see these shifts occur it just they're they're somewhat specific they're very important yeah and they're they, and it's like they are the uh, no pun here but the, t- the turning of the tides mm-hmm. um are in these specific areas for a reason yeah and a lot of them, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, 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 you know, the transition of, uh, the, the, the time periods and the ages, a lot of them are sub, uh, subtle. Like, you know, it's not necessarily like bang, 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 the shit happened in like seven days. And then all of a sudden shit changed. Like, no, it was just that there was like these certain pivotal points that maybe in the moment during that time, you don't really realize the magnitude of how it's going to shape the future. Um, but it does kind of like right now. Yeah. And you could reflect on that. Right. I don't think the world will ever be the same Mm -hmm. and due to what a year of what we just went through. And as much as we're like, yeah, it's a big deal. But I mean, this potentially has changed everything forever. We could all, we could all kind of agree agree. that like, it's like, oh wow. Like things will never be the same. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. So, and we're seeing that play out and we're going to get into that. Um, so yeah, let's get down. Let's get on the brass tacks here. What, What do we got? Yeah. So, all right. So a a thing to understand is the, you know, the procession of the equinoxes. So the procession of the equinox is like, well, what uh, we said with, so on the equator, that whole thing we're looking at. So now we could progress back in time and through this 21, you know, 21,060 or 2160, you know, years period that this sign would occupy that spot. So the procession means to move backwards. Mm -hmm. So this and it has a lot to do with the wobble of the earth and the way it's spinning and all that. So it basically these signs go backwards in in like the counter, I think overall clockwise, right? It would be clockwise. Um regardless, in it like, looks it looks backwards because of the rotation, the wobble of the yes, earth. Yes. So and in astrology, when you go in actual order from Aries to Taurus and this and that, it actually goes backwards. It's yeah. in a retrograde motion. I yeah. know how much everybody doesn't like that word, but retrograde motion. Yeah. So we're gonna go back through the ages. So we're technically coming up to Aquarius or probably in Aquarius, but we're going to move backwards. So that, so we're going to move probably around, I think seven signs back. We're going to go to its polar opposite. We're going to Leo. It starts at Leo. Yeah. Cause uh, like the most information that we really have as far as when it comes to, you know, humans, um, and like actual recorded data and scientific data, um, it goes back to probably as far as, as Leo that, you know, we can really go into, which is, I feel like is, is, is a good enough going back in time. Um, but also to, to also understand too, like a full cycle of that whole procession of the equinoxes, when it comes to full term, it's a total of roughly around 26,000 years. Yes. And that's that mile number I mentioned. Like it's around, once again, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's up in the air, but around that, right. So so we'll just say 26. And then each age has that 2100 year around that per period. Yeah. Divide that by 12 due to 12 signs. Yes. And that's how many years. That's a full cycle then. Yes. So that's our great Mm -hmm. year. Just like we have a year where the sun goes around about the Zodiac. There's a great year, a big year. So, and that's what it's like. It's, we're going through the months and seasons of the universe. And so like the, like we said, so since we're going to go back in time, the, you know, the ancient Egyptians and other, and even other cultures noted that, that every, uh, around 21 to 2,150 years, uh, or so the occurrence of the sunrise in the, in the, in the spring equinox would occur in a different constellation, um, and like I said, because of the slow wobble and the rotation of the earth on its axis, the procession uh, causes the signs to look like they're going backwards. Yeah. So. So now we're going to go back. We're going to start off as far back as we can really go right now. Um, and that's in the age of Leo. The golden age. Golden age, which the age of Leo 
um, just to give us a little a little time frame when you know when's the actual kind of noted uh, years of Leo. I've yeah. read uh, it's ten thousand eight hundred around ten thousand eight hundred BC, um, and considering the whole math of how long an age is, so you'd figure ten thousand eight hundred BC to eight thousand six hundred forty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking 10,000 BC and I don't know if anyone's seen that movie, by the way, and even though I saw really kind of like crappy reviews, that's a good movie. And especially if you like this stuff, the fact that I do, I love that movie. It gives you an idea of kind of what they were going through back then. And, uh, you know, it's a very primitive time, you know, we're going to associate this mm-hmm. with the sign of Leo. Exactly. You know, we're going to associate this with the characteristics of that sign. And, you know, you could start at things like, uh, you know, uh, um, primitive social structures, superiority, uh, kind of, uh, I know definitely a connection with God considering the sun is ruled by Leo and the sun being the son of God. So Leo is a very divine sign. So a lot of connection to the, the divine, as they put it, um, you know, you had leaders. Uh, Leo is the natural leader, so you had things like organized leaders and, and, and you know, priests, shamans, stuff like that. And so now we're already kind of starting to understand these characteristics and how they came into play yeah. as so the, an early human civilization. Yeah. So it's noted that these this is the golden age and everything is more, more harmonious and there's an, a, a real evolved sense of consciousness to the point of um, – more of more evolved consciously and in touch with the divine um than than really any time after after that so yeah like you said you see there's that real uh note of self and everybody coming real connected and and you know in that time it starts bringing in like you said the whole priest the ruler shamans um it's also that you know human origin is believed that humanity was led more advanced by mentors and uh, more advanced mentors and, and creators. Um, so yeah, cause Leo, Leo does rule also creativity. It's yeah. the fifth house in astrology, which that house where that, that area of the sky represents, uh, you know, high creative aspects. Um, so at this point as, mm. as a human civilization, we're, we're highly creative, um, passionate, yeah, not afraid of death. You know, we experience multidimensional levels of the universe, um, and the, you know, the, it's, it's just this real heightened, uh, heightened consciousness during this time. Now to kind of show that, you know, what we know from, you know, archeological data and science and, and our history, uh, that goes back, you know, we don't get a lot of the mainstream history, uh, uh history, um, kind of getting on the same page with that time error. Um, especially explaining it in this way, but there's something I want to note um, about certain a certain archaeological finding when it comes to that area, uh, that area of the you know Egyptian dynasty. I'm talking like pre-Egyptian of what we know, you know, you know, because mostly the Egyptian knowledge, you know, with that we always get nowadays is mostly up until like 3000 BC, like 3500 BC or something like that. Yeah, that's like school stuff. Yeah, but we're talking about before that, like that that point of 10,000 BC and like you know, 8000 BC and even a little bit a little bit after that. So they so when you're looking at that time, uh the the biggest and the most notable thing that comes to mind for me is uh the great Sphinx, the great sphinx in Giza. Now, there's been a lot of uh, controversy. Yeah, a lot of controversy about that, about the Sphinx. So the Sphinx itself, when it's carbon dated, uh, that's how they, you know, are able to tell the time error of how old something is by going into the actual sediment of, you know, whatever the rocks, the, you know, air in, in frozen in ice or whatever. So when they look at that, they see that there's a lot of water erosion along the side of the Sphinx. Um, and it is known that, you know, that there was a, during around the 8,200 BC, um, there was before that, um, a real native, uh, indigenous type people in that area. And they had the Sphinx to represent their, um, their worship to, uh, the creator 
and God, uh, Ra. And with the Sphinx, you see that it's the body of a lion. So you kind of get that notion where we're going with this, that, you know, they're giving that homage to the, the sun being it's in the age of Leo, the lion, the deity, then yes, they're creating this symbolic goes back to episode two symbolism of what they believe in, you know, like now we've paid homage to the sun and now it's also representing a part of the sky. That's a lion and those aspects to it. And, and what's crazy is like, you know, really to think back, it's like, how do they know, how do they know this stuff to begin with too, which is crazy. And, but on top of that, it's like, not only like they're paying this, like, you know, respects to this archetype, but it is actually reflected in what's going on on the planet. It's not even just like, oh, we worship the lion. No, but when you take the characteristics of that Mm -hmm. lion and, and what, and that sign and that archetype, it's like, this stuff's really going on on the planet without, you know, Mm -hmm. like automatically in a sense. Yeah. Cause you, you see, I mean, and you think about when it comes to that period of time, you know, what's, what's important, what is really valued at the time. And obviously it's the, the, you know, the survival and, you know, they had to develop this awareness of, you know, seasonal or whatever patterns, types of patterns that are going on in order to be able to be, you know, make their land sustainable and to be sustainable themselves in order to be able to prosper in their land and, you know, develop the agriculture techniques that they needed in order to survive and harvest. Uh, so, um, so what you see is that, yes, there's a homage to that type of error and how it's working. And it's showing that, you know, they're paying homage because it's such a, a great golden era. But there is data, scientific data and archaeological findings that show that probably around the 8200 B.C. era, there was um, a lot of natural catastrophic events going on with Earth itself. Um, and we see this uh, because there's dated back actually in uh, around like Iceland and like uh, in like Greenland up there, like. Uh, east east of uh, the the UK, uh, there's actually an island that's underwater, uh, and, and it shows that there used to be habitants on that island. And the, the way there's just a certain big shift in how the water is over that, and it also uh, relates with um, how that same area of the Great Sphinx, how. You know, there was also big water rising and deep waters rising there in that civilization. And we see that on the Sphinx with the wave marks and you could see the erosion on the Sphinx itself. Um, and it's it's carbon dated and people and and, and the, the thing is, is they're trying to, you know, sometimes portray it as being like, oh, well, you know, it's denial. And yes, but there was something that happened and. Um, there is sayings that apparently there was just a certain chaotic frequency and vibration um, going on with Earth and the indigenous people at the time, you know, were just trying to survive and being more in touch and heightened with the divine power. Um, it was kind of like a certain intuition and intellect was given to them. And some say that the building of the pyramids was kind of like this equalization of energy to stop the fault lines for being so disruptive or whatever. So not necessarily saying that that's, you know, true or whatever, but there's a lot of talk of that, even with the actual uh, natives of that area uh, that go back. So that Sphinx we see is representing Leo in that time uh, through the signs, through all the findings, through even with the astrology. Now, there's something that I found really fascinating about that, because then on that Sphinx, it's like the human head of a pharaoh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it makes you wonder. I was like, well, why is it they're paying tribute to Leo the lion, but there's a pharaoh Well, did they, did, maybe they got a little egotistical. Yeah. And, and that's where you see oh. kind of like going through the time, because that's the other thing. The Sphinx faces eastward, pointing to the star Regulus, which Regulus is like one of the head... Hancho stars in the constellation of Leo. Yeah, regal. That's where the word regal comes yeah. from. Mm-hmm. You know, very regal person. Very, yes. you know, in charge. Or... So, and that's a very Leo type. Yep. 
Um, First degree wheel. So you see as you kind of start going through this era and, you know, they survive, they're surviving now and, you know, they're flourishing and Atlantis was here. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's this, it's thriving and everything. So obviously the population starts to grow and you see that like now there's, there's, you know, people that need to, you know, there needs to be a sort of order there as well mm-hmm. amongst the civilization and society and the people. Yeah. And that's where you see that all these priesthoods start coming up and the hierarchies and, and all this and the, and the keepers of, of, of this uh, ancient wins- wisdom. Yeah, like the royalty starts to pop up and yeah. like people, you know, human, I mean, l- l- real quick, what goes on in a Leo's head on the negative aspect? You know, yeah. I'm the king. You better listen exactly. to me. It's very self. I'm right. I'm, yeah, self-empowerment, mm-hmm. but the negative side of it is more so like this. Yeah, this self-absorbed. This, this, this egotistical person who thinks they're constantly right or they, that they deserve something like someone of a royalty. If you know anybody with a Leo moon or Leo sun, even Leo rising, you know, Leo risings can't really get it, but Mm -hmm. Leo moons and suns, they definitely have that expression. So with it now, so we're, we're comparing it to this age. And so now you take that, right? Like you have this, you know, the aspects of yin and yang to this sign, you know, you have the positive Mm self-empowered coming together. You got, you know, righteous leaders and they're real regal and they're, this, this causes them to start straying away from that, that, that in immediate connection to the divine because how self-sufficient they start becoming that they start using more of their practical, uh, you know, logical mind um, when it comes to their innovation and everything. And that's where you that's where you see the transition from from Leo going there, starting to go into the age of cancer. Yeah. And, and before you, you go, you dive in, we'll end with this as I think it was around uh, 9600 B.C. I think they predicted that the Atlanteans uh, had fallen and when you really want to talk about a Leo archetype and what kind of people these these people were actually supposed to be, what what themed out uh, stories we have from the Atlantis. I mean, as Gio was talking about with like the fall of uh, well the catastrophic events going on with the Earth and and you know how the Earth has natural cycles, which science proves which, that that was going on during that time. Yeah, Greg Hard Braden dating it. Look up Greg Braden. Yeah, um, great guy and awesome work. But so and they have proven right, like through like actual records that you know there was catastrophic things going around and uh, going on. And around ninety six hundred BC, the Atlanteans fell. And so, uh, there's some theories that they were putting like these. Um, certain structures and all these, and these crystal grids and structures all around the earth and trying to prevent the earth from having these tidal mm-hmm. waves and crazy magnetic shifts yeah. and, and to hold the earth in place while these things went on. So they built these structures on certain uh, ley lines in certain mm-hmm. parts of the earth and they had this knowledge and they got a little too Leo-like and yeah. egotistical and uh, they kind of overdid it. And that's one of the mm-hmm. theories. So it's funny that, you know, you, ha- you hear all these stories of Atlantis and what goes on and, and you know, then you do the studying of the these, of these ages and what was supposed to be going on it's it's crazy it falls right yeah. in place it does and then when it even comes when it, back to the uh the archaeological findings like you even see that all the other types of pyramids around different regions of the world um really can kind of be dated a lot of the times back to that same era of this known catastrophic uh you know events that are going on uh with with earth uh, so, yeah, could it be that maybe that, you know, this higher intelligence and intuition was coming to these indigenous people uh, to create or whether they were aided to create uh, these types of structures to harness and balance energy? And like you said, the magnetic waves going on the earth, all the different which, which are real field. are like real human or uh, real earth cycles. You know, yes. the earth does this does this thing. Yeah. And I know I believe like, you know, as as above, so below in a sense of the earth being an organism, you know, it grew you and me, you know, yeah. as where our soul and spirit comes from, our awareness. Okay, we'll talk about that. But when it comes mm-hmm. to your body, you know, it does come from the elements of the earth. You are of the earth. Yeah. And your body has cycles where it's like, hey, menst- menstruation, right? Mm-hmm. You got a menstrual cycle. Yeah. Uh, you got to get you got to get rid of the, the, the all the stuff out of you. You know, there's you a constant. Even with ourselves, there's a fasting, constant. Yeah. Right. Maybe the earth has to go through these natural organic cycles mm-hmm. of fasting. Yeah. We see it even, uh, yeah, on a cellular level that, you know, our cells are constantly, gener- uh, you know, regenerating, you know, you know, conserving the energy and falling in line with that whole, you know, 
that whole cycle of generating energy and regenerating, you know, conserving the energy, you know, there's corruption in the body or corruption in the cells yeah, the and then the destruction and the death mm. of cells and stuff. And then it goes back and it keeps right, going. And it regenerates. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same way. So how ironic. Earth is the same way. Right. Because we come from it. Earthlings. I mean, hell, it's it's 80 to 90 percent water. And so are you. You know, it has an iron core, according to the spherical guys. Yeah, we have you iron know? in our we blood. Have iron in your blood. Right. So and, and it pumps, too. And mm-hmm. so does the Earth's you know it pumps and that what that does too is create an electromagnetic field yeah and how ironic is now we have we've measured the fact you know how we have an electromagnetic field yeah. you know we, we are a torus field mm-hmm. so i mean and there you go it's just a, a, another another reason to see how everything is so connected from the biggest to the smallest so you see as we're moving through leo the the age of leo and now you start seeing going into the age of cancer, which is spanning more from like 8,000 BC to 6,000 BC. Um, and like during this age, like there's uh, uh, th- there's energies of the constellation of, of, of cancer which going on. We all know they're like the mommies. Yes, it's very nurturing. Um, you know, there's there's both positive and negative aspects to all signs. That's one thing to really keep in mind as well. Like not everything means good. Not everything means bad. So uh, during this time, we start seeing how um, humans start to settle down, start building houses and, you know, you know, creating settlements. Uh, they do the, their agricultural farming, um, you know, and it's even, yeah, it's, yeah, it's also <laughs> there's also in certain areas where civilizations are knocked out. Like there's also a reemergence of civilization and it's almost like trying like to find their way back to their origins now at this time yeah yeah like we're in a different time period and we mind you that like you know now Mm -hmm. there's different civilizations there's different things there's this evolution going on Mm -hmm. and these different cultures and just new themes like we've already took care of the leo stuff we understand that so now this has to come into play yeah so you could see how like that mother like and that like that like nurturing you know aspect starts to come out a little bit more and trying to in order to preserve uh their their way of life and these nurturing skills become exalted and and uh, there was there was a heavy thing during this time period that um, women were uh, looked at in a more I don't want to say worship, but yeah, worshipped and just so more it was like a matriarchal society. Yeah, it does. It becomes a matri- you see that's around the time when it does become a matriarchal society. Um, um, like certain like figurines of that like came up during that time uh, with the voluptuous uh, mother goddess. Uh, are found all over the world from this period. Um, and cancer does rule mother, nurturing the families, settle life, farming, you know, all of those. So, and we, and when you really think to balance it out from where we came from, this more patriarchal, you know, yeah, heavy hitting Leo, mm-hmm. like establishing, uh, you know, and start, we, we have leaders and this and that, but there's also this side to us where we have to nurture the feminine side. This had, this had to come into play, you know, yeah. it had to for things to balance out really. Yeah. And you see, even though like there's still that masculine hold trying to stay from the age of Leo where the masculine still is trying to hold on with well, the Pharisees <laughs> and the priesthood and all that, they're still trying to do that. But you ever, you ever, you ever ladies, you ever deny a guy and he just doesn't stop? Yeah. Nag, nag, and nag. <laughs> so you know, humans were humans were still like really highly intuitive, and were connected still to the invisible world, as it can be called. And um, they had this instinctive knowing of what to do. Uh, yeah, very intuitive. Yeah, kind of like you know the 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 like the the type of radar that animals have. Um, instincts. Yes, instincts. Um, so. You know, they were actually more connected with the divine dimensions and receiving picture images still directly. Uh, um, So the average human from the age of cancer would receive these and there was not a need for organized religion yet because everyone would experience divine directly. Coming out of that age, uh, you know, from cancer, we're going to move, you know, we're going to do some processional movements back into Gemini. So, I mean, now that we have... Well, uh, let's catch up with ourselves here. Leo, you you know, you've established leaders. You've established these, this more of a society type thing. You know, you have people that are keeping things in order and all that. Uh, and, and, you could, and you could see how things can get taken out of hand, too, in that time and can cause the fall as well. 
considering uh, the primitive yeah. aspects of it. And then so, but we've moved into that next age, and through the timeline, we see the the cultures and the civilizations start to become a little more harmonious, worshiping the feminine side of things. Now we're nurturing one another and coming up with these certain these concepts. But now. We, you know, we have some sort of home base. We got family. We have, uh, you know, we have a little bit of order. We, we've, you know, established ourselves as a civilization to where we're we're getting somewhere. And so, what's the starting next to settle thing? down? Well, what's the next thing we need? You know, it's it. We're, we're going to need skills. Yeah. We need to get better at things, communication, yeah. stuff like that. So let's move into Gemini. Yeah. So now you're talking about you know Gemini, um, kind of like now because remember it goes down. So. Now yeah, we're talking around 6,000 BC oh, right, right. and now going down and stuff. So um, so 6,000 to 4,000 BC, um, you see where now these first – now these settlements start turning into more of cities and and there's a, there's a higher sense of like uh, trade and like tribal energy and communication and thinking. And um, this is also where we start seeing around the time that – uh, writing starts occurring, which is a Gemini activity. When you look into the archetype of Gemini, that Gemini has this dual dualistic type of two perspective uh, and and communicative way and thinking way of 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 being how it is, um, and you see this reappearance like after the fall of Atlantis, as it could be said. Um, so Cancer ends up becoming on the ascendant. Uh, the ascendant, so that's that's now the the, the new constellation that is dominating uh, the horizon where the sun is to rise, um, and you know when we think of Cancer, you got to think of the moon, and uh, the moon is that nurturing type of energy, feminine aspect, the feminine right? aspect, um, and, you know and that has to do with fertility and everything, and feeling, st- yeah, and still like there was this this matriarch principle still um still involved um and then so when you're so when now when you're thinking of now there's this commutative commutative type of energy where you were starting to you know have actual cities and there's trade going on and we have this this sense of uh, of a of awareness to ourselves more so and the, the awareness of others and now we're trying to uh take on that thinking and that knowing of ourselves and communicate it. Yeah. So yeah. that's why writing comes up and you start seeing well, that. We, now we need to, we need to share, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting to a point now where we've cared about family. We've cared about our tribe. It's getting, it's getting, you know, a little, maybe a little more crowded. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, maybe we're running into each other a little mm-hmm. more. Things are progressing on. So, mm-hmm. and with Gemini also rules travel. So within this age, you could predict that there was more traveling going on or exploring, uh, more exploring. And so now we meet somebody with, you know, who's uh, making different noises at us, trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. And we need to, now there's, there, well, there's a confusion at first. Like yeah. now we need to build on this. Like, okay, well, shit, there's more people here. Hmm. Um, ones that aren't like me, different cultures and different languages and stuff. Now I got to get to know them, hmm. you know? And uh, if I want to, you know, let's say I need uh, for my tribe, I need food and I need uh, other goods and, and stuff like that to bring home to my people. Well, what if that tribe over there has that stuff that I need, but hmm. I don't know how to talk to them or yeah. if I don't have this, you know, or maybe even say written agreements, yeah. You know, I mean, not to my knowledge, did I know if there was contracts back then, but, you know, that sounds mm-hmm. very Capricornian yeah. and all that, but more so, uh, we, we need to learn how to communicate and bond and, and Gemini is known as the more so the bonding, yeah. uh, the first stage of thought, which would, you know, oh, I need to get to know myself and it's going to kind of happen through other people. Yeah. So that's a prof, uh, that process of thinking. And, um, you know, we also know that. Also, that Gemini is ruled by Mercury, which has to do with communication. Um, and you think of the element of Gemini being that it's air. Um, you know, when we think of air, you think about how even like thought process, like how is thought kind of like moving through? Like it seems to move through the air, through the ether. Um, and it has that air-like quality uh, of, of how it works. Um, so, you know, Gemini is that student at self-knowing and that's what the human consciousness was experienced during that time was this self-knowing. And there's this great expression of knowing the divine within themselves and life during this period. 
Um, so some notable things uh, that history shows us to show the correlation of, um, you know, humans in that time of the age of Gemini, you see uh, certain things like, uh, you know, dualistic nature. You have Horus and Set. You have the Towers of Babel, which is during Babylonian. And uh, you have uh, uh, Nish and Karthikeya, which is like the Hindu Hindu type thing. Castor and Pollux has Greece. That's their story of it. You yeah, know, the even, Abrahamic religions have Cain and Abel. Yeah, well, I mean, let's simplify it too to, to male and female. You know, self and not self, meaning me and the other. You know, uh, I've even heard some uh, some theories on the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Uh, and being that time. Left brain, right brain. Yes. So now we've we've learned that we have self and other, and we have my language, your language, and we have my stuff, your stuff, and we start to be more aware of these things. And now it, you, you have to start developing, you know? And through the age of Gemini, you're going to watch this series of developments that go on that end up, you mm-hmm. know, bringing us more to this, um, you know, standardized writing and, mm-hmm. and language and, and stuff like that. There is somewhat of even like a connection with the em- the emerald tablet uh you know and that that those seven principles of thinking like you know they're they're kind of in that 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 stage so you know could it be you know around that time don't really know uh you know it's there's like guesstimates pretty much of like the whole yeah, a lot of the stuff the, the is, development know. of the emerald tablet and yeah, everything yeah we can argue to the death on when certain mm-hmm. things really happen but when it comes to the you know these ages that's definitely it's more so it's kind of stapled mm-hmm. in but yeah like the finding of the emerald tablets um you know many you now we can only guesstimate right so uh and emerald emerald tablets uh you know it's funny that uh the stone that rules gemini is actually emerald yeah. Oh, wow. That's I forgot about that. Yeah. So, with you know, seeing how we're seeing how Gemini uh, correlates with the communication, the trade, this whole, you know, uh, becoming more known and and, you know, this better discovery of self. Um, when you look at the history, archaeological findings and the science, there is evidence of widespread explosion of culture in the Near East. Um, there's uh, the Halafian culture, uh, which was really noted how, you know, that they were at this point through the findings of highly finished pottery. Uh, so that was something that stood out yeah, and stands and, well, out for the time of Gemini. It's funny you say that because Gemini rules the hands. That's where the, also the mm-hmm. twins come from, you know, the hands and the lungs, the two sides that look identical um, that are also opposite. And, you know, Gemini's are known to use their hands. Um and their voice, their communication, at least their communication skills. So that's why you actually have a lot of artists nowadays, mm-hmm. um, or even say presidents, um, you know, JFK, Donald Trump. Um, but there's plenty of other in between, and you have a lot of comedians, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, uh, there was a, a bunch. I, I should know that off the top of my head, but I, I know Bill Burr is one of my favorite. And you could tell when you watch him, he's using his hands. Yeah, he's also very like he's very animated, very animated and uh, communicating, and like really harnessing as if he's really talking to somebody else. Yeah, like you see it in his eyes that when he's back doing and an act. Forth. And yeah. Gemini's are known for that. They're known for that. You know, they might have this logical brain, logical side to them, but they're also imaginative. So mm-hmm. they they tend to have that both sides of the brain thing going on. So uh, logic and imagination. So you can only think like going back to now that age when that's starting to develop in the human consciousness that what's going on, you know, you're developing arts more, you know, and you're developing things with skills and writing yeah, and, and expressions, cities. you know. You take, say, those that Leo in Cancer, right? Because Leo meaning wanting to express yourself and flare out and whatever. And you work all the way through emotions and then you hit Gemini. It's like, oh, now we have a way to express it through art. Yeah, you know, exactly. There comes that whole real like kind of creative part to that. So other um, other key events uh, that were noticed during this time. Uh, goes along with the whole, you know, building of cities and everything. You see the expansion of culture in um, in the in the Balkans to the rest of Europe. Uh, even around 4800 BC, uh, Yangshao culture in China uh, coalesced to, uh, to where um, where the basics of Chinese culture were created, including the roots of their language. Uh, you also have the Proto-Indo-European language being created around 5000 BC. 
uh, there's kind of a reinvention of writing. Uh, and it, it goes from, you know, the rudimentary glyphs to more complex type, you know, an alphabet starting to be really made rather than just glyphs. And like we said, there's the heightened we, we, we see the evidence of heightened skills and arts. There's the more use of these skills and the crafts of this art um, being shown in their culture. Um, they have like the logical abilities are, are now more pronounced. Uh, the need of left left rational brain and the intuitive right starts losing its power. Tell that that, you know, the right brain starts kind of we're at a point now because it's getting really logical that it's losing that power of like that telepic power and that psychic ability. So and it's starting to be substituted with the practical ones. And, you know, it's funny. You start to really see when you look, when you learn astrological placements, there's three deacons in each 30 degrees 10, 10, and 10, you have the first deacon, which by the way, usually is the most unevolved part of the sign. Mm -hmm. And if we're going in a retrograde motion, we're going from the most evolved part of the sign, most likely retaining all of the higher vibrational aspects of it coming in very quick. We start to develop. And then it seems to me that as we progress through and go to more, the lower degrees of the sign, the negative aspects seem to, to kind of, yeah. And it shine goes, a little bit, you know, like we start to abuse those things or they get too over like, you know, they run their course. Yeah. And it's like almost like the, the yang. Yeah. You know, it goes, it goes through that whole kind of like measurement of energy and waves. Like I said, that whole like generative type property that energy starts with. And as energy is moving through space, it starts to, you know, there's a point where it's, you know, it's conserved, it's harnessed the energy. Mm. And, and then there's a part where it starts corrupting, you know, getting a little chaotic and then there's a part where it just destructs where the energy is no more no longer flowing whether it's because it hits a block or something and that goes along the lines with that whole um how we see the energy work and we know that the astrology was used to determine that so and that we'll get into more in our future episodes as far as the energetic patterns yeah definitely the sine wave and the spiral i mean i'm saying like okay maybe at the end it gets more whatever but it also could kind of move in more of a spiral fashion as well where the spiral gets quicker and quicker Mm -hmm. maybe like more in a sense of like you know we're taking these long strides and then all of a sudden it's kind of running its course and it's spiraling like you're doing good and then you're doing bad and you're good and you're kind of swirling around and eventually it just kind of swirls into okay time to evolve yeah time to time for the next age to come in yeah So what we're seeing here with this whole like more development of the logical uh, type of thinking, you know, you see that there's a stray away from that real intuitive connection with the divine because how logical we're we're becoming. So it's almost like you start seeing that dissension of the spirit into matter, into physical matter, which something that could be expressed with that – uh, even during that time, you start to see something that stands out, which is uh, the cow and bull god being kind of singled out as the major deity uh, towards the uh, the end of the age of Gemini uh, and their pan- the, their pantheons, which is kind of foreshadowing the next age, which is the age of Taurus. And when you think about that, even in the astrological sense, we know that Gemini rules what air, the lungs, mm. right, and Taurus rules the throat. the throat, the voice. And how do we get the voice? The, the voice is just air being transferred and communicating mm. with the vocal cords, the physical, right. vibrating. Right. That's the spirit descending into the physical matter. Yes. Yes. Which actually, when you look at elements in the, in the order of astrological uh, charts, if you're going in this direction... Yes, like you're you're coming in from like like think about the actual scientific like yeah like he's saying the air is coming up and then the vibration and the in the throat and you're projecting it and making it a physical noise yes which would be the right the actual action of Gemini energy into Taurus yes and so we see that being played out during during that time uh, as it moves forward and uh, like we said now they're becoming more logical and they're. There's a rapid population growth, uh, which is caused by the Neolithic Revolution. So you think about it, the more people, the more, you know, the the harder it comes to kind of concentrate a certain 
way of being and knowledge. You know, you got multiple well, opinions to- and personalities now at this point. Yeah, Gemini's can't concentrate. There you go. And on top of that, a neurotic sex drive. So they probably were going boom, boom, a lot. But, but there ain't no party like a Scorpio party, baby. Only like two people would probably know. Yeah, that. probably. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so, and being a Gemini, I'll tell you that right now, it is so, and, and not just for myself, but many other people, you see other people that are like you, and I know my sign very well. Yeah, like, I, I, my attentive, my attention span, and I've learned as I've gotten older, but if we're talking the negative aspects or more the more harder and challenging aspects of Gemini, yes, we've got to a point where... You know, now we have this civilization. We're talking. We're doing things. We got trading skills. Cities. We're trading. Yeah, we got things moving. And Gemini is naturally, you know, rules the nervous systems. Think about it. It's like, you know, kind of can be chaotic, and they're all over the place. Sometimes even on this podcast, yeah, I, I might can, make you nervous on how fucking yeah. fast I talk. But I'm a Gemini. So how so, can you keep track of them? And that's something. Oh, that I wanted to point I out. I need that Taurus grounding. <laughs> so it looks weird that the Sphinx has uh, like a human head on a lion body, and what's something that. Uh, archaeologist uh, archaeologist found with the head of the sphinx with being a pharaoh it doesn't it doesn't really go with the timing of the carbon dating of the actual sphinx body Ooh, twist so it looks as though that it was kind of carved afterwards which kind of shows which we know through ancient egyptian um uh deities uh you know that when that poly uh polytheistic type of uh, influence comes in, they start giving, uh, they start anthropomorphizing, you know, different aspects of nature and, and the cosmos, uh, as, uh, gods and rulers of certain things. And one of the ones is, uh, uh, Kepri, which is, uh, to be known as the, the rising, the rising, uh, the rising sun God, uh, you know, it's, it's for that type of aspect, you know, then you have Ra, which Ra is, the sun god, the main god of uh, the deity. Um, and, you know, they go from this point of now you see how maybe they're transitioning from Leo to Cancer and they show the symbolism by making the head more now of a pharaoh. Because now at this point, the pharaohs, when they're, you know, when they're ruling at this point, they're ruling their people. It's like almost as if they're the gods. You know, yeah, they yeah. have a direct connection to the gods. So the people go to them and which kind of actually puts God now second. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that would actually uh, that would kind of represent a disconnect. You know, yes. now, now we're at one. We, we've personalized the guy mm-hmm. and now we're, mm-hmm. you know, now we're we're God over God. We have control. We understand. And we felt that, hey, you know, these pharaohs knew, like, if I could, if I know the nature of God and I know how it how it works and I have all this information. Well, I could show these people yeah. that I have that power yeah. and I am God. I, I am a land. God. Yeah. And I can rule the people and I can rule the land. And so that's where you kind of have even where they, you know, when they first started with that whole, um, you know, agricultural type of land. And now they have people living off the land. You know, they basically allow people to live on the land and they tax them and it's making money now for the priesthood and the fair and the Pharisees. So, um, that's something that I thought was really interesting to see how even that the Sphinx itself was had no sphincter and yeah, no sphincter. <laughs> it looks as if though it was like kind of redefined with that new head. And what's funny is that that head also, when you look into it, it represents that whole Kepri Ra, um, uh, and, um, what's the other one? A tomb, yeah, a tomb, a tomb, a tomb, a tomb, which is like more of like a, it, it's weird because it's, it's God and it's a spiritual God, but they actually put it in like almost a human form, which wasn't something that was really to be done. And that's why it symbolized more of the Pharaohs being more symbols of gods. And that's where they kind of took that and twisted it. And they strayed away from the, the original, the original, um, uh, divine connection where it was Aten, Aten meaning the creator. Um, and there was no physical manifestation of the creator. It was just known to be this holy divine source and spirit um, that that lived within everybody. But yeah, they yeah. strayed away from that and started going into where they put uh, 
there more of the, there was started becoming a selfishness, and that's where you see that transition and archaeological findings of the symbolism of the Sphinx kind of kind of validates that. Yeah, yeah. So, and now, I mean, as, I know we went back a little bit, but no, no, it's fine. I mean, that's a great point. I think it's important, and uh, I, I would like to also state that a tomb, which how ironic and um, you know coincidental that it's very close to atom, um, a tomb. Uh, or uh, Amun, which well, that, that Amun Ra ends up being a Egyptian god, but um, a tomb was known as the Hidden One. You know, it's a kind of resembling a Dark Age, or you know, the, the Hidden Creator. I mean, yeah. more so now it has become second. It's underneath. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're we're on the on the above him on the scale. Yeah. You know, so now you have the Hidden God. You know, it's like it's like they just kind of like uh, um, they insisted upon themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. These mostly the hierarchies, you know, in control of these civilizations being developed, they start developing that hierarchy system, and it sh- takes away from the notion that we're all connected uh, through this one divine god, um, which was more of the indigenous type of belief um, that they paid homage to. Uh, but now as they grew and the logical brain grows, you know, they stray away from that divine as we saw and we went through when it comes through with Leo going into cancer, going into Gemini uh, to where that that starts becoming now the the main theme. Was yeah. The yeah. Pharisees as being gods and they got polytheistic and and straight away from that one universal thought and came to now showing rulership of all these different cosmic events or seasons or whatever to being ruled by multiple different gods, you know, all these demigods. Um, yeah. And, and it, you know, it's funny too, when you, when you go back and you, and you see how they developed already in, at this point, like now really take into consideration. Now this is going on in the sky. So the sun is telling this story, right? And it's going through the ages so far. We've, we've discussed what, you know, up till now, um, all the things that are supposed to be kind of being represented through the story of the sky and the archetypes are going on on the earth. So it makes you wonder that are we following some divine evolution? Mm-hmm. You know, is our consciousness developing mm-hmm. with the rest of the universe? Yeah. You know, is is the universe at a stage in evolution or are part of the galaxy in a stage mm-hmm. of evolution? And we tend to kind of just work in coordinates. Yeah. With we sync- embrace and, and we kind of embrace and embody those patterns then. Yeah. Those energies. Yeah. So now we made it through the first three ages. Um, that kind of just wraps up uh, this first part. Um, and we got a better understanding now uh, of the actual origin of this and seeing the progression of these ages and the effects it had on the reality that came to fruition. Right. We're watching the evolution of humanity. So, and there's so much information here that we literally actually, we had to break it into two parts. Yeah. Uh, you know, we actually, we were going to attempt to try and fit it all in, but, um, yeah, we're at a point now where we've, we've developed communication, we family, uh, you know, just established ourselves. We even had ourselves a little golden age. Um, but it's, it's all going to work towards in, uh, in part two, we're going to start seeing some big, big leaps in, in our civilizations and, um, you know, knowledge will come into play and belief systems and, and, uh, a development of, uh, basically taking everything we've just discussed and then going into what's going on today. So thank you for tuning into this first part of episode four, and we'll meet you back here for part two. The next three ages. And we're going to end up right back to present day. So, uh, we're stoked to talk about it. So, uh, on to the next guys. Thanks for listening. 